0: You are listening to the only episode 37 of one two three Yes, wrestling there will ever be. This week's episode, we have WWE's disappointing second quarter earnings announcement. AEW has a premiere date. And what we thought of the Raw reunion. That and so much more this week. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on all podcasts and social media services. And if you want to join the conversation, shoot us an email at 123 wrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show.
1: Test, test, one, two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we're good. Welcome, everyone, to 123 Yes Wrestling, the only wrestling podcast trying to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? Well, I am
1: back, guys, from my uh, trip to Florida, and I will say I had a great time. I apologize to the listeners for uh, not doing a run-in on last week's episode. I was trying to, but I was stuck in the Tower of Terror line (laughs) for what turned out to be two hours and these guys know I actually talked to them uh, before they started recording, and they were done recording, and they sent me the recording while I was still in line. So basically, before you even got on the ride, you were already listening to the show. <laughs> if I was responsible, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't. Sorry. I yeah. <laughs> hate, hate to be
2: real, but. It looks like you had a very, very good trip. And uh, it's been a fun week for me as well, too. I'd say the funniest story for me of the week, it actually happened at work today, and I'm actually off. But, of course, I heard about it. (laughs) Apparently, there was a giant manager call um, involving about 250 managers. And one of the managers uh, was picking his nose via video and didn't realize that he had his monitor turned on, didn't realize he had his camera on. So as the senior VP was talking about numbers, he was just going to town, picking at his nose. And the senior VP had to stop the whole meeting and tell the guy to stop uh, digging in his nose. Oh, and, and, uh, and I thought my career was going in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I heard about wow. that i'm not even at work today and i heard about that one so that was probably the cool that was probably the funniest thing i've heard about all week so uh well hopefully this guy is not a
1: listener of the show you know we certainly don't want to put your job in any kind of jeopardy
2: but i don't know who it was but he could be a listener (laughs) dude he could (laughs) be a listener if he is you definitely know definitely know who you are
0: (laughs) And that sucks. We have all been there one way and, or another. And, and,
2: and before we move
1: forward, can I just bring this up? And listeners, I know you can't see this, but i got to make sure you understand what I'm looking at. I, you know, We're doing this through Skype, and I'm looking at my co-hosts here, and I've just come to the realization that these two gentlemen are sporting tank tops. That's right. And it's just a weird visual looking at this side-by-side <laughs> side of you two in these tank tops because it's like I don't know what's about to happen. I mean, <laughs> are, are, are we about to have a workout? Is, is this about to get a little dirty? I mean, it's like, I can't. There's some weird stuff going on over here. It's, it's July,
2: man. Yeah. It's, it's July and I'm taking people to the gun show. That's what yep. it's all about. And,
1: and, and usually I'm the guy that wears the tank tops and now I'm sporting the full shirt. Man, what's going so, on with me? So basically
0: you just feel left out. I do a little.
1: <laughs> not going to lie. And I was wearing a tank top before I came down. Please don't. Oh, tell you he dressed up for the show. He dressed up for the show.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna move on to the curtain jerkers of the week. A lot of business going down this week. And when I mean business, I mean actual business. And a lot of it's gonna go over my head, but we're gonna use Ed and his vice president managerial skills um, to explain to us everything that's going on. So the WWE second quarter earnings reports came in this week. I think they came in today, and apparently everything is down. Revenue, attendance, pay-per-views, network subscriptions,
2: everything is down. Well, it's very different inside uh, the WWE right now. I will tell you, um, when you are... Given these kind of results, you usually are brought together, you're heard, but you, you know, your teams talk about it and there's always spin. Um, So I'm sure within the WWE, there is going to be spin, um, you know, and there's also going to be spin uh, on what it is that caused the, these numbers. Uh, So you're not going to really hear them say um, anything negative. It's just going to be spin no matter what they come out with. So. I would I would I would say, you know, we can give our opinions on what we think mm-hmm. is causing it as fans, but the WWE is going to make sure that they uh make the message in a very uh organized, polite, uh optimistic tone when they do react to this. Um and I I'm sure it the best the best people on the uh finance team and the best uh executives will come up with that answer very quickly. So
0: well, and I guess really the question that I should ask is are we surprised that everything is down currently? No, Did we I feel am, like they should be climbing back up?
2: I'm not surprised but I also, I want to say that the um, and I'll, Corey, I'll let you chime in too but I think we're also in a part of the year where it's I'm not that surprised that those like network subscriptions wouldn't be where they are and I also am not surprised uh, at attendance because let's face it if you're a fan of wwe you know this is the period of the year that you're not going to get as much quality um storytelling or action and maybe that's wwe needing to make a more consistent product throughout the year but that does not surprise me for that reason i do believe those numbers could easily pick up in q3 and q4 though the second quarter what months does the second
1: quarter represent so that you know it's like is that post wrestlemania April, May, and June. So, because anytime when you go post-WrestleMania, there's always a down period. There has to be, because WrestleMania is supposed to be the peak, you know, and then after you reach that peak, you can't maintain a peak, and you definitely can't maintain a peak all year. So, of course, this is going to be the downtime period. Um, In terms of, you know, the excuses, I mean... It, this is just my opinion right now with, with the way wrestling fans are, everyone's still in this honeymoon stage of AEW. And I think WB is feeling a little bit of the effects of that because right now, WWE, like I said in a previous episode, is just, it, it, they're the cool guys, the hate. Now they're the New York Yankees. I think even Seth Rollins reference, WWE is like being the Yankees. And, so right now fans are just wanting to the dump you know a little bit on the product because for, for whatever the reason might be, and aew's trying to take advantage of this opportunity and you know'll we'll, we'll, time will tell as to how well they succeed but i th- I think when you look at the next quarter, I think you'll see that it'll go back.
0: Well, and I know coming up in the by the end of the year, because like I said, once we hit third and fourth quarter, we run into the Fox and the TV deals and the Saudi Arabia deals. So, I mean, when it comes from a financial standpoint, they're going to be fine by the end of the year because that money will all start kicking in for those new new TV deals. Because I'm pretty sure USA is about a billion dollar deal and Fox is like a billion dollar deal. So they'll have plenty of cash coming in so they'll be okay but at the end of the year this they just got to get through this little funky time but when it comes to like the attendance and stuff you know and obviously ratings which we'll talk about when we get into the raw reunion here in a little bit the madison square garden wwe announced that they're going back to the garden for raw and smackdown in september and apparently wwe expected those shows to immediately sell out and they are not selling really at all and they at least thought raw would so i mean are we surprised that i mean if raw and a smackdown especially when like ROH
2: and G1 can show up? Do you think, think that, Raw should be able to sell just as fast? I think that's the thing. Is The, the biggest, and it's, it's interesting that Rollins compared the WWE to the New York Yankees. That's a team. WWE should be the MLB, and they're not anymore. There are lots of different options for wrestling, and guess what? The internet is making it easier than ever to watch what any, whatever kind of wrestling that you want to do. And most of the main uh, players out there are now starting to offer their own streaming services as well as the technology gets easier to do. So WWE's got to find a way to become the, the absolute, um, I don't want to say best again, because I do think they're the best as far as production quality, match quality. It's still the best, but... They need to figure out a way to get the eyes that are drifting to not just AEW, but the eyes that are drifting to New Japan, the eyes that are drifting to Ring of Honor, like figure out a way to recenter to make sure that people are always tuning into their product. And I think that's the result. I think that's you could say what's happening with the attendance, with the subscriptions, with uh, not selling out arenas. Uh, they, they're all linked, and I do believe it's because of access to other promotions right now.
0: Well, now, do we you think that those um, shows will eventually sell out?
1: Sure. Absolutely. I yeah, think they they're going to. Because it's, what, September, you said? Uh, yeah. Madison Square Garden shows are? Yeah. So th- that's the thing. I-, I feel like right now, every, you know, th- these, I don't know if it's the fans or if it's the 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 wrestling websites that are trying to seek out this stuff, but I don't think shows, I mean, shows aren't selling out right as soon as tickets go on sale. It hasn't done that in a long time. Um, New York City, Madison Square Garden, those shows didn't sell out as soon as tickets went on sale. At least not during this, you know, the last few years. So I don't know why people are making a story out of something that I don't think is out of the norm. By the time it gets closer to September... And that's the thing. It's the AEW effect. And and here's the funny thing, and I'm going to call it out now. Now that we got a date for the AEW thing, and I know we'll talk, you know, we might brush on it later, but as soon as that goes into effect and they get their weekly show, AEW is going to fizzle down big time because it's now going to be on weekly. So once we get to that, All this AEW effect, honestly, is going to go away.
2: Yeah, the only way that I believe that AEW succeeds is if they find a way to bring in new viewers. And I don't know if I see that yet with the current product. I'm not saying I want them to succeed. I absolutely want another wrestling war. I think it'd be great for the business. Um, I think that they just need to understand that they're they are getting a getting a really good gift with this TNT deal I did really enjoy the TNT promo video too uh, where they're kind of going with this as like purposefully calling it like an underdog federation which is kind of cool that's a good way to do it um, but they got to bring able to bring those new viewers in bottom line not these 30 to 40 year old wrestling fans that think it's the second coming of you know WCW because that's really all this is right now.
0: Absolutely, and we might as well sidestep <laughs> into that at the moment since we're we're going on that. But AEW did announce that their premiere for uh, on TNT is going to be October second from Washington D.C., and that is actually two days before the SmackDown on Fox premiere. So I mean that's smart. I mean that's a big wrestling week. You know, there's gonna be a lot of wrestling promotion going into just Fox and SmackDown. So now AEW and TNT are able to throw their hat in there. That's a good week to to premiere it.
1: Yeah, in fact, I call that a win for the fans, because we know that AEW is going to obviously open up their first show solid. WWE is going to open up their SmackDown show solid. So it, it win-win for fans. Absolutely. Now,
0: apparently, and we've talked about it before, and now obviously because this week TNT actually announced that Wednesday was when they were going to be on the air, Fox Sports 1 getting NXT being on TV. I mean, that's really pretty much going to happen. Do we see NXT? Do you see them extending that two hours? Do you see them doing that live? Do you see... I mean, how do we see this playing out if NXT is going to move to Fox Sports 1, or is it just going to be a replay of whatever's on the network?
1: I think that they... Well, go ahead, Crit. Um, I hope that as long as Triple H still has control of that, I think that's gonna be a real that's gonna be a real tough thing for AEW to, to battle because really AEW in all due respect, I mean that they're on the same level as NXT is in my opinion. So this could really be
2: kind of a nice little mini war between those two. I really think that if they are on Fox Sports One, they do go to two hours, and that brand starts getting a lot of recognition. Because I, if, I'll be honest, if you put of all three brands, right, if you put all three of those brands in front of a new viewer, or maybe someone that hasn't watched wrestling in a few years, just like you're doing with your buddy Chris, um, what are they going to want to watch? They're going to want to watch NXT. So the the more eyes you can get on the NXT product, the better it is for WWE. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, Yeah, and that's what I was
0: going to say. We talked about it last week. My buddy listening to this show, hey, I want to watch some wrestling. What should I watch? I I told him to watch The Last Takeover. I didn't tell him to watch Raw. I didn't tell him to watch SmackDown. I mean, a pay-per-view here or there, inviting him over. You know, doing something like that is one thing. But, I mean, I'm not going to tell someone to watch Raw. I'm going to send them to NXT and say, watch this, because this is going to be – High quality, even if it is.
1: Considered- but then let me ask you though, so because NXT they do tapings and then they they release the tapings later. So it's like it seems like they do a bunch in a short period of time altogether. Usually, mm-hmm. I think
0: they do four. So how there. does this
1: affect? So well, that, my question is, is that because obviously when you go to weekly, you know, and you got to do this every week, you know, this is going to impact. How intense you're going to get with the matches because if you want if you want to you know reduce the chance of injury you can't be doing the the crazy matches every week so I'm wondering how much is NXT going to be affected by going weekly especially if it's live and I think they would be live NXT you know, if, how's that going to change what we're going to see if NXT goes live
0: even if it's just an hour, but it's live every week, it changes the show immensely, I think is the word I was going for. Mm -hmm. Um, It changes it a lot because now they have it set up almost like old-school territory days where your big people aren't on every show. Your big people aren't, you know, you'll see... There'll be one match from Tommaso Ciampa in four weeks. But when you go to Raw, the same people are wrestling every week. So now if they... I doubt they're going to keep that same schedule. They're going to want all their big guys on every show. So Velveteen Dream is going to be fighting every week, and that's going to change the dynamic of NXT if you have these same people wrestling weekly as opposed to you only see them, you know, the War Raiders were tag champs. You only saw them fight at takeovers. They never fought unless they were squashing somebody. They're not going to keep that same schedule schedule up it's going to be well tag team champs here street profits we want you on every show you're going to be wrestling hard-fought matches and defending those titles and it's going to turn it into raw and smackdown
2: to a point so nxt i mean they got to be careful with that totally that is a very good point and i really actually didn't think about it that way but i almost like think like it should be the other way around like you should be borrowing some of the best practices from nxt to bring to your main roster because that may make the product feel fresh again especially not having the same people on every week and keeps them healthier. You get better matches. It's not a bad idea. It's how you build superstars. Sure, You don't oversaturate the market.
0: When you see the same people win and lose, win and lose, win and lose every week, it, you know, devalues what they're worth. So when you see it, when you give people a couple weeks off, let them do some jobber matches, you save for the pay-per-views, it's how they booked in the 80s and 90s, you know. Um, That's just... Sure should be wrestling booking, but, and NXT is doing it. AEW. I don't know. We don't know what they're going to do yet when it comes to a weekly and if NXT goes weekly and if it goes live, that's what they're going to do. So
1: we'll have to see how that goes, but it'd be a I good just, move. I just, which... I just don't, I don't know if today's audience can, can handle the idea of the same guys not being on every week, Expe- but if, you know,
2: especially if, the top stars. But if they didn't have a choice, you know, if if, 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 the, if the ratings are already going away, supposedly, you know, because they've got the same people on every week, maybe if they did take them off, maybe that would have the opposite effect. I don't know. It makes
0: makes it makes it feel special when they yeah. show up. You can advertise for them and be like, oh, man, Roman Reigns is going to be on this week and. He's going to fight the, you know, I don't know.
2: It's But it's the thing is, like, yeah, I'm glad you brought up this whole business discussion. I know it's kind of a dry subject, but it's important because if you're a real fan of wrestling, if you're a real fan of the WWE, you should look at this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, though, if we have this conversation at the end of Q3, at end of Q4, and they're still slipping, then we'll have something to really talk about.
0: So now before I move on from this little corner here, they go AEW NXT live
1: Wednesday nights. Which one are you watching live? I'm watching AEW live. I'm watching AEW just to see how it gets started. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go in really evaluating it critically to see, you know, is this worth my time or do I got to shift over to, uh, SmackDown and, or uh, NXT, I should say. But uh, eh, like I said, I, you know, Chris knows me. I was a channel surfer in the Monday Night Wars, so I could be doing the same thing again. And we used, we used to put in the
0: VHS tape, hit record, and then we would flip the channel while we were recording. So even our mixtape tape tapes of wrestling didn't even make any sense because it was just whatever someone was watching <laughs> and we would flip. So it was, it was all flipped. So when we'd go back and watch some of those tapes, it would be, it'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm watching this raw. And then all
1: of a sudden, you know, past Corey would change the channel. We're like, what's going on, Corey? No, here was the great thing about it. Cause I don't think you, you forgot this little detail. I would only hit record if I, if I thought it was going to be something good. Mm-hmm. So on this tape and Ed, you're getting a real nice little lesson of our uh, growing <laughs> up. Um So, like, I I remember, like, WCW, if Hogan was about to do a promo, I would be hitting record, you know, and I would try to let that finish. And then I would shift over. And if there was something good, a lot of times, like if it was a match, I would hit record towards the end of the match because that was when all the intense stuff would happen. So the irony, Ed, is I, I got a VHS tape that just has clips of some of the, I guess, cool stuff from you know, raw and
2: nitro. You know what? And that's so cool. You bring that up in, and I know it's off topic, but it just, it reminds me like how good they were at knowing the main points of the, each other's shows. Like I remember going back and forth too, but I also, fig- I finally, I, it took me almost four years to figure it out, but I finally, towards the end of the Monday night wars, figured out how to do picture and picture on my old, huge RCA TV. And I remember like some of those, like, Crazy moments um, there was this moment where like they were just literally doing everything that, in the most epic way possible like everything was just so epic like you'd have Hogan on one channel and then you'd have Austin on the other and it's like you almost had to be watching or going back and forth to feel like that energy like you you were marking out because there was epicness happening on both shows it was the coolest thing in the world yeah, it's something that I really, it would be awesome if
0: some of these, you know, AEW and NXT and just some of this stuff can be recreated to a point. It would be nice. I don't know if it'll get there again, but especially with a lot of people who don't watch live. Last up on these curtain jerkers, um, it's kind of a mixture of last week and this week, but I believe it was last week, Bailey was interviewed on Fox and was asked the softest question in the world. What... Uh, what is something that um, is the hardest part of being a WWE superstar? And Bailey mentioned the travel and the road, being on the road. And the interviewer is like, Yeah, yeah. And then as Bailey kept talking, well, sometimes, you know, we got to get our rental car and sometimes we're in sketchy ne- neighborhoods and there's nothing there and we run out of gas. And sometimes we have to, you know, not use the gas pedal so we don't run out of gas. And the interviewer goes, Wait, wait, you guys are driving? And Bailey's like, Yeah. You guys don't have a driver. You guys don't have a car. You don't have this. They don't provide you with any of these things. And the interviewer is just freaking out on Bailey. And Bailey's like, no, there's like 30, you know, 30, 50 superstars. They can't get us all cars. They can't do us all that. And then even the interviewer's like, they make a lot of money because of you guys. I think they can afford it. Let's get oh. you and starts talking. She starts talking about unionizing. Well, do you, do you guys have a union and do you talk about this? And Bailey's like, no, we don't. And she's like, oh, we should get you one. And Bailey's like sidestepping like crazy. as oh They're talking my about God. unions and uh, management companies. How did I miss this? Did Man, I it miss was – uh, yeah, you should look it up. You can't find – it's been cut what? from the interview on a lot of sources, like anything WWE had their hands on, that portion is gone, but it's still on YouTube because I was finding it today. Wow. But it was a very interesting uh, interview that kind of went off the rails that Bailey had a sidestep. Corey's face is making me just so ready to hear what he's got to say. So before I even go on anymore, Corey, the mic is yours.
1: No, you know what it is? It's a classic case of that was an ignorant reporter who should have not been assigned to that that uh. interview. You clearly know nothing about wrestling at all. It I, I find it funny, it's like y- you, you're you so shocked that they actually ch- dried themselves but then on top of it you bring up the whole union thing and if you knew anything about wrestling history there was a time period where Jesse Ventura tried to get that crap moving along and it got shut down real quick, it, it's a very controversial topic when you talk about unions and wrestling so it's it's really something you're not supposed to discuss but yet this reporter brings it up, <laughs> whoever she works for shame on them for not getting someone that was like legitimately knowledgeable about wrestling to do that interview. But doesn't that show how dated,
0: doesn't it show how dated their practices are that this reporter just thought that that's how, because they're part of the entertainment business, they have a union, they have representation, they have management, they have cars because that's what every other facet of entertainment has. So she just, expected them to be the same because they're on tv and they're superstars so i mean in a way it still shows how out of date their those practices are now like i said we don't need to get jump into union talk and that's more business related but you know i i agree with you uh that she had no idea what where she was going with that interview i watched most of that interview and it was she was not educated in the product that she was interviewing for but there are there is something to say with the fact of her reaction is it's the same thing when we talked about that john oliver thing a few months ago you know and the outrage of them being independent contractors you know a lot of the things within the wrestling world is kind of outdated and aew which is the next portion of this little news story is trying to hit all of these spots to make themselves look better because brandy rhodes jumps out and says oh aew's only running one show a week our wednesday show so the wrestlers won't have to drive around the country after being beat up and tired after a match so brandy rhodes is jumping right on this interview and saying hey our guys won't be driving around they won't be driving themselves they won't be doing those and things it's
1: real smart and <clears> i <throat> No, I'm calling baloney on that. Brandy Rhodes is, is not telling the truth. They're going to eventually go to live events because y- you've got to... Revenue is in live events. I mean, there's a ton of revenue to be made in those. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm calling Brandy out. It's Yes, maybe when they get started in October, maybe it's just going to be once a week these guys do something. But the reality is, you're going to have to go to live events. You're going to have to do multiple shows a week if you really, truly want to quote compete with the WWE. Part of competing with WWE is revenue. You're not going to get enough revenue doing a once a week show. Sorry. Calling it out. No, I agree with that. She's saying it now because it's true now.
0: It won't be true then. It's it's a good, it's a good no. uh I can't think of
2: the word for a sound clip. It's a good sound clip. Yeah, I just think it it basically p- pulls on the heartstrings of those people that probably do feel passionate about wrestling, having a union, and having a better quality of their employment because, let's face it, everything's kind of politicized nowadays. So that might mean something to somebody who likes wrestling and, you know, says, hey, well, man, that's that's right. If and- AEW's going to do that, then I'm going to start watching them. You know, like, I mean, it's... Well, hold on. Yeah. It, it, no, I'm sorry to interrupt and, and did someone ask Tony
1: Khan, are they doing a union? No, right. <laughs> he made that very clear. Right. So clearly there's a reason why unions and wrestling just it it isn't, I, I guess, a, a reasonable option from a business standpoint. Otherwise, Tony Khan would have jumped on it because then he could brag about it. The only thing he bragged about in terms of unions is people that have the office jobs, you know, they're they're going to get benefits and things like that.
2: Right. Well, and the, the only thing, I, my only point is that Brandy Rhodes is going after the millennial viewer. That's my only point. By her, you know, you said it just like that, Corey. Tony Khan, their CEO, has said, we don't want unions wrestling. Yet your, your chief branding officer just went out publicly saying, oh, well, we're going to do this for our talent. Well, that's just a grab at the millennial viewer. And that's why it's, it's just very interesting that that comment from her would come out.
1: They're going to be hypocrites down the road. That's, that's oh, the I funny part to I, us. I,
2: I agree. I agree completely.
1: It, it, and like I said, and I'm not trying to really dump on AEW. Uh, I'm really hopeful that, you know, they're going to be successful. But it's, you know, but all these things that they're doing that are, quote, different, you know, like the wrestlers are in charge of the creative. That's going to bite them in the butt. I mean, it, it just is. That I works really that well for the Kevin wrestlers. Nash.
2: <laughs> that worked really well for, oh, for Kevin Nash in the early 2000s.
1: <laughs> it's just, that's the thing. It's like they're going to find out, the, and I hope they don't find out the hard way, that all this, quote, the, the things that, quote, fans wish would happen, they're going to find out from just when it's in operation, it just doesn't work successfully. So there's a, there's a reason why WWE uh, okay, doesn't gonna do these things.
0: There's a reason why WWE doesn't do some of these things and we might want it from time to time and smart fans want it or other people or just people who remember the Attitude Era want these things. But then at the same time, there's a reason they probably don't do it. And when AEW is taking every single because they're literally coming out and they're saying every single thing that we want to hear. I mean, realistically, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, you know, Bailey Bailey talks about how they, they have to drive themselves. Our people won't have to drive themselves. And I mean, they're jumping on it week by week.
1: Well, I guess time will tell.
0: Time will tell. <laughs> and I look forward to episode 50 and 60 as we, as we <laughs> approach our year and we can see, Woo! you know, where we're at as we close out this year. We'll be excited, but we are going to push all of that business talk behind us. For those of you who are still listening to us, we are going to move on to the mid-card wrap-up that starts every week with the
1: Sits and Fits with Mr. Fitness. Yes, wannabe gym rats, I'm back. And no, I didn't have some weird protein shake that caused me to find myself in some random bathroom. You know what? This Eddie Money guy, clearly him and I need to have a talk. Because this issue isn't over. Well, hello, wannabe gym rats. This is Mr. Fitness here for the weekly Sits and Fits. In a world that is obsessed with seeing what they'll look like when they're old, using the Russia-owned Face app, WWE goes one step further and gives us the Raw reunion. Nothing like reminding the middle-aged wrestling fan that they're old then showing them their childhood superstars and how old they've gotten. John Cena is apparently a psychic as he calls an Uso's arrest days before it actually happened. I smell a new career opportunity. John, just get your own 1-800-Hotline and charge those Morlocks a ton of money to simply tell them that their life sucks and AEW isn't saving anything. The 24-7 title changed like 87 times. I lost track. I mean, women want it. The Stooges want it. The Million Dollar Man bought it. Alondra Blaze tried to trash it. Uh, <laughs> and it ends up back in the hands of our truth And he drove off with Drake's wife. Can someone throw Drake a phone here? I mean, the man lost his baby. Oh, and he lost his wife as too, but you know, as well. Mick Foley becomes the next victim to Bray Wyatt. I I mean, fiend. Now if Finn Balor would channel his inner demon, this SummerSlam match might actually be a classic. Foley, don't be mad, I mean, Wyatt apologized, after all. The Raw reunion ends with a drunk Steve Austin talking aimlessly while promoting his beer. Too bad nobody outside of Southern California can actually buy it. Way to go, Austin Beer Company. Steve, you need to bust out a Vince McMahon and fire someone. Don't you love when WWE teases something that just won't happen? Well, that <clears throat> happened on Ms. TV... Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler exchange words, getting us fans all excited. It even ends with Ziggler super kicking Michaels. Too bad this match simply won't happen. In honor of the club changing their names to the OC, because they're the original club, I, Mr. Fitness, want to be referred to as the OG. That's right. Original gym rat. That's this week's Mr. Fitness' Sits and Fits
2: reminding you, don't sit, just stay fit. Well, I uh, <laughs> think that was interesting. It was good that I actually found Eddie Money's cellular device during that conversation with Mr. Fitness. He did, in fact, call me, uh, and he will be uh, live next week to uh, counter Mr. Fitness's claim. So, so what model Motorola oh, Motorola
0: phone is that? that so, that's the like oldest phone I've seen in my is, life.
2: This is the Motorola Digital Personal Communicator, and uh, apparently Eddie Money has not upgraded recently. I don't understand how this thing actually works. I think the service on it turned off in 1998, <laughs> but regardless, um, he's still using it. So right. at least he knows to get through.
0: <laughs> so we got that to look forward to next yeah. weekend. Eddie Money's response. Oh, oh.
1: Well, wait a minute, so is our, <laughs> our podcast is being taken over by two gimmicks? Apparently. I mean, what, what's happening here? Apparently. At the rate we're going, we're going to be our own wrestling organization.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was for you, Dale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Raw reunion. I didn't even give you guys notes. Open discussion <laughs> on what the Raw Union was. What 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 happened Monday on our television? Hmm. Go
1: ahead, Corey. What was no? Raw Ra was drunk. Okay, <laughs> Raw was just drunk, and it got drunk, and then all of a sudden these ideas start popping their heads, and they're like, "What? Wait, wait a minute. What? What if we? What if we had the twenty four seven title like change hands like a ton of times, and and we have like uh a bunch of legends just randomly come twenty four seven. Do you guys realize the Million Dollar Man like set a record for longest in between title reigns? Like, is like his uh from the last time he held a title in WWE to now they said it was twenty six years. Wow, which is officially the record, and Alondra Blaze is currently now second at like twenty four. So, so we have some records that were made as a result of this, uh, 24 seven title, which I'm not hating on it. I actually thought it was kind of funny, the whole 24 seven thing, but
2: no, I, had yeah, no I was drunk this week. I had no problem with the 24 seven stuff. I haven't had any trip problems with the 24 seven stuff. Cause it's been funny and it is what it's supposed to be. And, uh, Jay Drake Maverick is really seizing the opportunity here. I'm so thoroughly entertained by this guy. Um, He's been the best surprise out of the whole thing, to be honest. I mean, obviously R Truth doing his thing too, but Drake Maverick rocks, man. He's he's great. But yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Corey. This show had I almost and and I know how reunion shows go. I know I put this up there with like anytime they put like a raw one thousand or a raw twenty five, I feel like this is a ratings grab. I don't feel like much is going to be moved forward as far as storylines it's meant to just be a f- fun throwaway show but this one just kind of felt really thrown away um there's a lot of stuff that i just thought was kind of weird so
0: now and it did well, work because they got their the three million we- viewers so they did get that ratings pop that they wanted they crossed three million which is the first time i think since last august so i mean it did work in that that uh meaning
1: so, but here's one of the weirdest stories I heard that came out of this show. And I actually was thinking about it at the moment this, this segment actually happened. But apparently there was a lot of legends that weren't getting medically cleared to do anything. So, like, they couldn't get in the ring and do anything physical, which you know, I don't have an issue with that. I get it, you know, if, if they're older and everything. But the weirdest one, and I don't know if you read it was on rikishi rikishi wasn't medically cleared to give the stink face what does that say about his ass which which hey, that's the question is like wait a minute so what does that mean it's kind of gross is there something wrong with with his rear end does he have something going on back there that we don't want to know about That was the most interesting story I got out of this was the fact that he was, because I was expecting that and then it didn't happen. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, Well, you know, that's his
2: gimmick. Just imagine if you had received the stink face numerous times in the late you know, 90s, early 2000s, I'd suddenly start worrying, am I going to get Crohn's disease on my face? (laughs) What's going to happen here? Like, what's going on? I, I remember, I heard that too, Corey. I'm like, how do you not get medically cleared to stick your butt in someone's face? I didn't you? know you needed to get medically cleared for that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I didn't know there was a medical clearance involved in that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I guess that's it's the good that there is. Do it. And you guys want a union. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm about to rage. But the, uh, y- y-
0: y- y- yes, Chris, go, go ahead.
2: Chris. Go. I know you want oh. to
0: drop. No, no. No, because I I need to get a little bit more out before I go, so I'm gonna come back. But so, what was the favorite parts? What was your favorite part of the show? What worked for you? I like the DX stuff, to be quite
2: honest. Now, now, would you have liked it better if that was Ricochet instead of Seth Rollins? Absolutely. Like no, but I I know it was supposed to be Ricochet. Um, I know that he had some issues with his elbow, so yeah. I mean, if it was Ricochet, man, that would have made him. It's really it's the same. It's like, God, like him and Ali, like they've had these moments where they were supposed to get put to the moon and they pretty much have both had the same type of thing happen where someone else kind of went in there and took that thunder. And it was the only thing Rollins didn't fit in because of the heat with Triple H he's had over the years. That was the weird part for me. But overall, I thought that was the part I liked the most.
1: Well, I'm going to go with the part that I like the most just because I feel like it actually did something storyline-wise to the character. Uh, Mick Foley actually putting over Bray Wyatt's uh, new character. That was great. I, I thought it was very well done. And I like the, the, the finishing touch of Bray Wyatt actually doing the Mandible Claw to Mick Foley. Now I, I think part of the reason why was because I'm sure Mick Foley couldn't take Bray Wyatt's move. So I mean I, I get that. You know, obviously his, his body's pretty banged up. But the minimal claw, him actually doing his maneuver on him, I thought was a nice touch to it, you know, and just gave a different element to it. And um and he's and I think Chris said this in a text message uh to me Big Foley was the only guy that actually took time to put somebody over on the right. current roster. Which, right. That's the interesting thing about these shows is that, you know,
2: none of these legends are putting anybody over. How cool would it be if Bray Wyatt took the Mandible Claws, his submission finisher, after that? That would be dope. He might. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, you're exactly right. Outside of that segment, the legends were just there and they weren't there to help. They weren't there to put anybody over. There was no meaningful moment. There was no reason as you're talking about Rikishi not getting medically cleared to do a stink, stink face. He shouldn't be putting his butt in anybody's face because that's burying the current talent they're openly saying no one's talking about that cedric alexander drew mcintyre to match no one remembers that R- roman reigns and samoa joe fought on that show nobody you know i mean it's like all of these moments with the current day superstars just disappeared the most work that the current day superstars got was that 24 7 stuff and even that once it turned into a legends belt it just turned into a legends belt until the end there was just nothing nothing happened you know baron Corbin wasn't on that show getting the rub from anybody lacey evans wasn't on that show I mean, how many other people weren't
1: there? The you know, the thing about this twenty-four-seven title, you know, it's like first off, uh Drake, Maverick, and R Truth, they have done so successfully they've been able to adjust their character to fit with this twenty-four-seven title. And It makes for, like, good – they've actually made good storytelling out of it. Drake, I agree with Ed. If you don't see how talented Drake Maverick is, then you're a blind person because this man is beyond talented. I think this 24-7 title is his moment of showing everybody, hey, I can turn stuff into gold. You know, and and think about it, months ago, people were dumping on this 24-7 title, but now when you look at this 24-7 title, you can't imagine R-Truth or Drake not being in the picture. So, and I actually liked how some of the legends were incorporated, specifically Alondra Blaze and the Million Dollar Man, because they actually took... old storytelling that those characters did you know you got million dollar man who actually bought the wwe heavyweight championship and then you got a blaze who historically put the women's title in the trash can so it's like at least when it comes to those legends they did something that you know fit their character told some story and i don't think necessarily hurt that title
2: No, not at all. I I think like it's just uh, it's kind of sad when, Chris, you make that point. I just was thinking about it. That does seem to happen on all these legend shows like and you wonder why people are drifting, you know, a little bit away. It's like, well, you just keep reminding us that the best part of wrestling was 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and that's not going to help your current product at all. Like you shouldn't see these huge spikes when the old guys come back. You should just see those spikes. Cause we're excited for this new roster of people that are out there. But if you, if you set it
0: up, so these people are helping each other, as I right. think I sent you guys in a text, why didn't we get a Vincent Shane, Kevin Owens, Stone Cold segment in the ring? Why didn't, I mean, obviously they want to create Stone Cold and McMahon with Shane and Kevin Owens. So why not bring the other two out and you do some type of segment where Stone Cold and, Kevin Owens are given a double stunner and Stone Cold is giving the spotlight that moment to Kevin Owens, you know, and like handing over the stunner, handing over these moments, making Kevin Owens feel like a bigger star, making him feel like a Stone Cold. Instead, we got, like you said, which I and and, it reminded you of this is drunk Stone Cold in the ring. He commanded that ring. He came in. He said what he was going to say. He owned the crowd. He owned the moment. There was nobody, there's nobody bigger than him. I mean, he came out, he came out after, through, he walked through Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair to just a roar, roar as pop. So, I mean, there's just no denying that he's there. So
1: use that for something. But see, this is where I say it's unfair, to try to use that as the comparison because it's like, here's the, th- here's the reality and I think you guys will agree with me. WWE is not trying to create a megastar. No. They no. don't want a Stone Cold right now. They don't want a John Cena. It's like they, they want to keep their stars grounded more. And I think they do that is because they want to keep them in the company. They don't want them to get bigger than the company and then go off and go do something else. Cause I mean, we've seen that historically with the rock, you know, you know, stone cold, well, stone cold ended up retired because of injury, but I think they're wanting to keep these superstars
2: today more grounded. And so I... that they don't leave. But every league has your face of the company, even, even in the football, Tom Brady. I mean, I don't like him, but he's had it. Um there's always somebody you put on the cover of 2k and
0: you push them to that level because the problem is as we talked about in the beginning of the show, all of their numbers are down, and if you don't create those stars, those numbers aren't going to go back up. if you can't get some of these people over, if you're not going to do anything with them and create household names, you're not going to get
1: new viewers And then you've got to also look at you know Dean Ambrose's gripe. It's like, you know, are there guys that want to be? The megastar? I truly believe so. But then you have this this process that WWE has created. When it comes to your creative direction to be able to do it, it's like, you know, that op- um, uh, when Stone Cold and Dean Ambrose, remember Stone Cold did that little podcast interview thing with Dean Ambrose? And there was that awkwardness. I don't yes. know if you guys watched on the uh, network.
2: Oh, yeah. I but, remember that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the fact is, like Stone Cold, you know, you know, kind of calls out Dean Ambrose about grabbing the brass knuckles or whatever, or whatever it is, but the WWE brass doesn't ring doesn't allow it. Yeah, the brass ring. Excuse me. They Close the WWE's not allowing that opportunity, so. You know, this is we're just in a weird time period where I I truly believe that WWE does not want a megastar.
0: No, No, they don't. It's clear because whenever they get one, they bury it. So it's very clear. And especially when they do have shows like this and they bring these people out and none of them and no one's allowed to be bigger than these stars of the past. Then it's just it's extremely clear that that is
1: their plan. So, yeah, so drunk Stone Cold going out there, which I I found hilarious because I'm like, okay, he's just wasting time.
2: Like, I actually truly was like, okay, is there a point to this? Well, apparently uh, Vince Vince got very heated because Stone Cold was not scripted, and he was trying to figure out a way in the back to wrap it up, and Stone Cold was, like, just kind of just doing his thing, you know? Shoot,
1: Stone Cold was like a, about to talk a, about a story um, about Gerald Bresco or something yeah. like that. Like, you could tell in the ring he's like just improvising,
2: and it, yep. was, it was weird.
1: Because we're, we're
2: not used mm-hmm. to that anymore.
1: Because mm-hmm. that's all, that's
0: he's all he ever wants so to do.
1: And, and, and then the funny thing is, they're promoting the heck out of that Stone Cold beer, you know, that they have in the ring. And I was just researching it today. You can't even get it. Yeah. Nope. So Stone Cold's getting all this promotion for his beer, but only Southern California and one other place, I think, in Oregon can actually get the beer.
0: Yeah, and unless you live (laughs) in a state that you can ship to, which
1: nobody does. and, Mm -hmm. And No, and the beer company was getting thousands, tens of thousands of inquiries about how to get the beer. And they couldn't do it. They're like, well, we're in the process of trying to get distribution nationwide. I'm like, well, (sighs) right. Boy, what a blown opportunity you guys just lost. I know, my, I know back when they
0: first went on sale, my one buddy Ralph, he got some, um, and had it shipped somewhere. I don't know how he got some, but he bought like a collector's pack and said it was pretty good. Um, I've had my eyes open for for years, but just never been able to find it. So I'm hoping at some point you'll allow us to try it. It'll be right there with the rocks tequila, mm-hmm. which would and, be nice. Yeah,
1: and the funny thing is, and then on top of, yeah. So and then on top of it, those cans that they had at the show, they just created those cans. They're like, oh, the 16-ounce, yeah, we're not there yet. Like, the people that can buy the beer, they were asking about those cans. They're like, yeah, those aren't available yet. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, (laughs) get the ball moving here. It's like, you realize that
2: this is about to be, this is going to be promoted in front of millions of people. And let's just be honest, even if you don't watch wrestling anymore, if you walk into the liquor store and see a beer but brought to you by Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're probably gonna try it. Yep. Hell, yes. I would have bought it. Not that I know. a beer drinker. I I think that's gonna be the beer you fall in love with, Corey. It's a I, w, it's a WWE uh, beer. You Lord you knows. can't you can't not like it. Corey ain't Corey's not gonna be drinking no
0: IPA. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the uh, I because I was looking because yeah. I know like I said I was gonna be up there for episode 39 or whatever it was i was just telling you guys yeah. about and i was like oh man get some stone cold beer see if i can get some and we can have some while we record and nope couldn't find it so i'm gonna keep my eye on where and see if maybe i can stop at some random liquor store somewhere between
1: texas and chicago and see if i can find <laughs> something maybe in missouri uh, i, in I missouri. think they're gonna. They're gonna try to get this ball moving because now that they got like tens of thousands of inquiries about it, I'm sure they're gonna try to get distribution going. Oh, they'd be stupid not to. They would be
0: stupid not they'd to. You be guys very stupid. You guys got anything else on Raw? No. It no. Was, it was a show. It was a thing that happened to all of us, and we'll never forget. Uh, SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live. Kevin, got us you mean back the, a little you, bit? You mean the uh, Kevin Owens show? The Kevin Owens show a little bit. But before I go any further into SmackDown Live, I want to know two things. One, where is Shelton Benjamin? I want him <laughs> looking around in corners like he's stoned. Where did that go? Two right. weeks? Mm-hmm. Two weeks and it's over? And where's Daniel Bryan? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. teased this life-changing thing. Yeah, I what put, are I put, they
1: put, doing, Daniel Bryan? I,
0: I put it in last week's show, that promo of uh, mm. Daniel Bryan freaking out after Extreme Rules. Then he said he was gonna have a life changing announcement and go places he's never gone before, and this week he wasn't even on the show. Do they yeah. have I mean, come on. I, that's just a bummer. Or the, I guess they're just gonna keep him a couple weeks away so we forget that they were teasing that and maybe that'd be it. So we're gonna we're gonna maybe. keep it alive. We're gonna keep it alive. Whenever we get the SmackDown talk, it's what was Daniel Bryan gonna do. Maybe Bischoff didn't like it. This, I guess this was supposed to be his first week,
2: huh? Mm-hmm. Now,
0: granted, a lot of the reports Here's coming the out thing.
2: is that he's working strictly with Fox and not right. actually. Yeah, n- no creative whatsoever is what I've heard.
1: Yeah, and and, and for listeners to understand, I mean, th- this is the thing that frustrates me because like everyone got all in a frenzy about Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. You guys got to realize transition takes time. Mm-hmm. You can't just... Vince McMahon, this, this multi-billion dollar company is not just going to call an audible and just say, okay, after this particular Raw and SmackDown, okay, clean slate, Eric Vishaw, Paul Heyman, do what you got to do. No, that's not going to happen. So people need to just chill, wait, be patient. And really, if you're not a critical eye you're probably not going to see the changes until months down the road.
0: And the biggest thing, and as you alluded to there, and it's a big thing with, we talked about earlier with the quarters earnings and conference calls and all that stuff, you know, we do have to remember that WWE has, you know, owners, they have, you know, uh, what's it called? Shareholders. There's that's the word I was looking for. They have shareholders that they need to keep happen. So, You know, they said even here, I was reading this article today where they said uh, that things got interesting once a WWE boss asked if investing in writers is the answer to the problem with the decline in attendance and ratings. And Vince made, he actually brought up AEW and talked about TNT and said, you know, WWE is going to keep a PG environment, but we're going to be edgier, but we're not going to be blood and guts like AEW. And I don't think TNT is going to be happy with blood and guts on their TV. So he actually brought up AEW a little bit during this call, but you have to remember they had a WWE boss that's asking them, Hey, well, are you going to bring writers in? Or are you going to bring this in these people who know nothing about wrestling are the ones kind of calling the shots, making sure stuff's happening. So it kind of goes back to, you know, what, what you just said, Corey, there about the, uh, change takes time. And, you know, bringing these people in isn't going to necessarily change anything because if the bosses who don't watch wrestling or don't know much about
2: the business or the product want money, they're going to do what they got to do. But here's the thing. I think that the transition is going to be timed perfectly with the Fox changeover. And I think you're going to see WWE, uh, transform itself into something really great uh, i still believe putting paul Heyman and bischoff and uh, maybe not in if they don't have creative power yet they soon will have influence on these writing teams in some way shape or form and it's still the best move and i still to Corey's point you're not going to see this happen overnight but trust me as i think like if we go two or three months into the future. We'll be looking back on this time, going, "Wow, look how they've changed things!" And you know, I think you'll, I think hopefully we'll be that. I'm going to be that optimistic about it, at least. So
0: okay. now I'm try- now I'm trying to it's, figure out how it, we got here not... from
2: Shelton Benjamin
0: looking around.
1: <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, what you got to realize with these two, these are two very distinct people. Um, Paul Heyman, I kind of look at as like a small pitcher, creative guy. So like, you know, for example, when, you know, he had his first uh, uh, raw and then we did that Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman angle, that is an example of what Paul Heyman is. He's that small pitcher. He can pop pop you with something that will just get your attention. Good strength. Eric Bischoff, I feel, has more of a bigger pitcher mindset. So it's like if you can combine those two brains together I think overall, you, you could see a phenomenal overall WWE product.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So was Bray Wyatt still the highlight of SmackDown, just like he was the highlight of Raw?
2: I'll agree with that. I love,
1: I you know, th- this Bray Wyatt thing, and, and, and for listeners, I'm a mark for Bray Wyatt. So here, um, you want should I describe the setting I- first? Yeah, describe the setting, then I'll I'll dissect it a little.
0: Because we had Finn Balor, who got attacked last week on Raw. Yeah, last week on Raw, he got attacked by The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. So then Finn Balor comes out, cuts a promo, says he doesn't know about what Bray Wyatt's about, what his new, you know, if he's settling old scores or picking new fights or what he's doing, but then Finn Balor says, but you know what? I'm fine with it. And I'm going to challenge him for a fight with SummerSlam. So he challenged the Fiend and Bray Wyatt to a match at SummerSlam. And then we got the Firefly Funhouse up on the big screen and Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt comes out with the puppets and does his whole spiel talking about how, you know, how much we love you, Finn, and how proud they are of him, and then they accept his challenge on behalf of the Fiend, and then everything gets all weird. Corey dissect.
1: (laughs) So here's what I love about this. The, The fact that, you know, you get your... You get your, uh, you know, the the Fiend attacks Finn Balor. This week he attacks Mick Foley. But then on SmackDown, you know, we go to back to the Mr. Rogers. The one thing that I think will make this character succeed is if we don't see him all the time. So, and he has this unique opportunity that he can jump between Fiend and the Mr. Rogers character. Which, by the way, that Mr. Rogers character should never, ever step foot in a ring. That should be all Firefly Funhouse videos, and that's it. I disagree. So
2: I love the... What's that? Oh, I said this last week. I think that it would be really cool if the Mr. Rogers character turned out to be the real, true, evil version. That we see the Fiend all the time in the ring. He's scary, he's awesome, he wins. But when you want to get the big guns out, the Mr. Rogers is the true villain and with the puppets and everything at ringside do the whole thing. And he just murders (laughs) people. It would be so crazy. I I mean, I know it will never happen, but that would be crazy. If like Mr. Rogers pins the demon clean,
1: but see, and and here's a, but, but here's the thing. It's like this, this Mr. Rogers thing is like, you know, I mean, yeah, we might get the video, Mm -hmm. but you don't get him physically in the ring. And so I think, You know, because we always talk about how, you know, with the fact that, you know, every week we're seeing these wrestlers and sometimes they can get old real quick. I think this being able to jump between those two versions of that character is brilliant. And I think that I, I really do think Bray Wyatt's got a lot of good stuff coming to him moving forward. I hope that Finn Balor goes to the demon character and I hope. At SummerSlam, the demon character actually loses. Yeah, I do too.
0: Yeah, they'd be stupid not to do that, I think. Because um, I don't want to see a rematch with, you know, I don't want Finn to lose as the man and then want to do a rematch with the demon and just to beat Bray and then we, we haven't learned anything. So I don't want to see it <laughs> after that. Um, but yeah, highlight highlight of the night. I enjoyed that. Promo in that segment. And if you haven't seen it, it's up on YouTube and it's definitely worth the watch. Then we had um, more Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Uh, Kevin Owens went on social media and challenged Shane McMahon to a match at SummerSlam. He then said, if he can't beat Shane at SummerSlam, he will quit the WWE. So Shane comes out and says he accepts that cha- challenge and stipulation. So that match is booked. Hopefully it is the end of Shane McMahon on our TVs for a while. But then Shane McMahon decided to put Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens as a match for the main event of SmackDown. He then said Drew McIntyre is the special ref. He was the commentator and Elias was the timekeeper. So that was the main event of Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns who never fought because why would they fight when they were mad at everybody else? It was a weird main event. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately that's exactly what happened. Instead of fighting each other, they just beat up on Drew McIntyre and Shane and Elias until Kevin Owens stunned Shane McMahon. Once again, what I did like is that Roman Reigns got out of the ring and gave it to Kevin Owens for Kevin Owens to scream. This is my show and jump up on the turnbuckle while Roman stood on the apron. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting and cool. Um, But, yeah, I just thought it was really weird because I was even sitting there getting ready to watch this match and I was like, why would Reigns and Owens fight each other? Why would they give in to this? And then they didn't. So then it it was like, Shane, were you really that stupid?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But at least they they did what was the right thing to do. Yes.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it made sense. I mean, you know, right now, obviously, all this that we're doing right now is to try to... (laughs) put Kevin Owens on a different level and really just exit out Shane. So, you know, I I see it. I I personally just can't wait for Shane to go because clearly he's got go away heat at this and So, it's time. Absolutely, absolutely. And it should be a good match.
0: It should be a good time. Should have lots of chaos. I am excited for it and I'm excited to see what they do with Kevin Owens and hopefully they continue this momentum and do something with him Um, then we had a Miz tv segment with uh the Miz and his special guest hbk sean michaels sean michaels even talked about being a legend and when i was a youngster and the legends would come by i always told him to get out of here but now that i'm one of those legends i just like to hang out with my friends (laughs) (laughs) and he went on there and did that then dolph ziggler came out who he's been having some problems with the Miz. dolph ziggler came out and started talking trash to sean michaels Saying his last match at Crown Jewel was a disgrace, and even compared it to the Goldberg's last match, and then it kind of broke down, and The Miz popped his face back in there, and Dolph Ziggler superkicked Shawn Michaels, which Mr. Fitness was not a fan of. He since we won't get the payoff now. Do you think this is a way for you know a legend to try to make Dolph Ziggler look like something, or just doesn't really matter?
1: It was poorly executed. Because, obviously, this is going to lead to a match between Miz and Ziggler. And that's not what that whole segment did. That segment got the audience to be more excited over the idea of Ziggler and Shawn Michaels fighting. I mean, come on. Even Shawn Michaels did the dig about, you know, the fact that Ziggler is like a Shawn Michaels Mm -hmm. wannabe. So you're already digging that far. And then Ziggler gives Shawn Michaels a super kick. How do you not do that match? Right. But clearly that's not going to happen. It's going to be Miz. So it's like I'm disappointed because if I knew it was leading to a Shawn Michaels Ziggler match, awesome
2: segment served its purpose. But that's not what that did. I agree. Nothing more to be said. Miz he, once again gets no screwed,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, they're they're handling handling this Miz face turn with a lot of nothing. Nothing, just absolutely yeah. nothing. Now, something that wasn't nothing was Kofi calling out who he wants to fight yes. for SummerSlam, and he was picking his SummerSlam opponent for the WWE Championship, and he picked Randy Orton. And Randy Orton came out to the ring and they promptly jumped straight into 2009 when Randy Orton used his influence to stop Kofi Kingston's push for the WWE Championship back then. They even showed footage from them fighting in 2009 at Madison Square Garden. They really brought it all up and even had Randy, yeah, I use my influence. You you don't worth it. And they kind of tied the stories together, even when as far as Randy Orton saying the only reason Kofi Kingston is WWE champion is because Randy Orton injured Ali. And that's why Kofi was put in the elimination <sighs> chamber. Like, it this was a great
2: segment. It was so good. And it was so – Randy Orton, like, showed why he's still one of the best heels in the business, And especially when he said, you know, the line about the pancakes throwing and all that. It's a shame that all this work after 11 years is going to all be for nothing. I was like, oh, (laughs) like it was crazy. So good. So good. So
1: I'm sorry. I'm going to be this guy. How many of the of the current fans that are watching the product know anything about that thing in 2009. We do. I'm actually a criticizer of it, of, of this thing, because outside of people like us, the young fans weren't watching it in 2009. So they know nothing about this build up or any backstory or any behind-the-scenes stuff that happened as a result. So... I just don't uh, I don't see how you can successfully build a story that's gonna appeal to the younger audience. Because to the younger audience, this is just a random opponent. They showed it. Yeah, they showed it. I they I showed disagree. it disagree. I disagree they with showed you them absolutely
2: that. completely. No, no. You're you're no. making a, you're no, you're making an assumption about all young fans that they don't like hearing about the past that is that is grossly inaccurate grossly inaccurate what do they know
1: (laughs) they don't know about when uh randy orton like flipped out and kofi and like called him out right there in the middle of the ring on a shoot or the fact that he went backstage and just like totally flipped out and like pretty much buried kofi kingston and any push he got it was yeah They, they don't know anything
2: Well, now they do because they just got told that this happened, and now they're like, wow, that's kind of cool that that happened all those years ago.
1: By showing clips of of a match,
2: it it didn't really show anything. Layers. You love layers. You love layers of cake. They're
1: they're not going to
2: they're not going to go into those fan, levels this just,
1: disagree because they don't reveal that stuff. That's a peek behind the curtain. And I get that, but that's the thing. This match is only going to truly satisfy the fan. That was an older fan that was watching back then, which to be honest with you, how many were watching 2009? They're still watching 2019. I don't know. Clearly probably not just, as much,
2: probably just us <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> so now, you know, and I'm sorry. I, I, I know this show's looking at the positive, but it's just, that was the vibe I got. I felt like, you know, when you're looking at, this is SummerSlam. This is a big pay-per-view of the year. It's one of the major four. When you're trying to pick an opponent, I'm going to be honest with you, this would have been a perfect time to do a a New Day tournament because there would have been more invested. I just, Randy Orton, it's out of the blue. Randy Orton's been on part-time status. I just, it's... I, uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Randy Orton, the performer. I just, to me, this was just like thrown out of nowhere. Why not as soon as you win the title have an issue with Randy Orton? Why don't you go right after the guy that that bashed you the most about being champ? Oh, no, I'm going to wait like uh, four four months, and, and then I'm going to address you. It's well, like,
2: to you. me, it's just, I, eh. I look at it like this is the last step of, uh, of redemption for him. And if he gets past Orton, because it's still an if, you know, the WWE could always pull one, a fast one on us. But when he gets past Orton, for me, that's when he's achieved that superstar status with that title. Um, as best you can in today's day and air. But like we just talked about, no one's a megastar anymore. I'd say Kofi's probably the closest to a megastar they have on the roster right now. But That's the way I perceive it is like this is his last, you know, thing that was holding him back in the past. And, hey, it might very well end with a new day turn at the end if he wins, you know, but we'll see.
1: (laughs) To me, this should not have been set up where Kofi's picking his opponent. Why not just Randy just come out and just out of nowhere and attack him and just... I I feel like Randy should have been on the offensive to get this feud going versus Kofi coming out and saying, well, I'm going to pick my opponent. Because if if Randy was truly like, you know, in 2009, saying that this guy's not championship material whatsoever, then he should be on the offensive on this from the get-go, not waiting for Kofi Kingston to choose him.
0: I agree with that. That's my issue with this. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't because I don't like I didn't like that they did it. And we talked about it last week. I didn't like that Bailey just picked Ember Moon. And I didn't I didn't really like that. Kofi was just going to pick Randy Orton. I mean, I guess I I understand why they had Kofi pick because you want him to look like the fighting champ. You want him to look go up against someone that you don't think he can beat. You want to continue that story and him, as Ed said, find his redemption. You do have those moments where that's just what you're. Where they're going with it, but yeah, I would have rather seen Randy Orton just start do, dropping some RKOs on him and attacking him and doing some of those things and then start dropping some of that stuff. And even Randy could have started that feud by saying, hey, this is, you know, remember in 2009? Mm-hmm. You weren't ready then. You, I mean, there's ways to do it. Um, but yeah. uh, like I said, I like the, the built-in story for they're, they're putting enough of that story out there for it, new fans to kind of go, story, okay, yes. but then for us to be like, oh, hell yeah, they're going to go there, and then it's exciting for us. Because mm-hmm. you can't tell me you're not going to be at so, least – you're not going to be somewhat invested, Corey. You're going to be
1: invested somewhat. No, I, I get it, and I'm sorry that I'm coming out on the offensive on this. It's just I I just didn't like – the the execution of it like I said I, if it would have been Randy on the offensive of it I think I would have been a little more positive I of course I I know the history so I'm totally wait. fine with it totally fine with that element
0: hey we all have moments where we we jump all over something that's done while the other two are like this was great we've all been there Corey it's okay you're allowed to be there for
2: the but last I'm, 20 minutes I have watched this friends. man eat food <laughs> he called me out on it weeks ago for the last 20 minutes, this man has been gnawing down on what looks like chocolate glazed donuts. And I'm calling you out on it. I'm eating a, I'm a, I'm eating a plum, dude. <laughs> it's good, by the way.
0: It's the world's longest lasting plum. It's like a never-ending
1: gobstopper. Oh, because I had to freaking talk. I mean, right. you guys are getting me all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> guys are all praising the Kofi Kingston-Randy Orton feud. It's so like, I'm... no, there's a flaw here. There's a flaw. So on a lighter note, did
0: you guys happen to see the Sonya Deville uh, Mandy Rose promo? Yeah.
2: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alright I'm going gonna,
0: I'm gonna, well, to right play there. it right here. I'm going to play the promo right here. Okay, remember the time we overheard the, the, I, the Iconics making fun of what Kevin Owens did to him? Yeah. I might have told them. Come on, only you. No, it's good. Because we're getting a match next week. Wait, are you saying next week we have a women's tag team title match? (laughs) Yep. And if we win, we deserve a tag team title match. Wait, are you saying next week we have a women's tag team title match? (laughs) Yep. And if we win, we deserve a tag team title match.
2: How did that make it to TV? <laughs> Blood started coming out of my nose like I'm L <laughs> from Stranger Things. And how uh, <laughs> how is this happening? And, and hold on. Don't they
1: don't a lot of these backstage segments get pre recorded? You'd figure right. they would have um
2: Man. talk happen? about a botch? They botched that. Everybody so, botched that one.
0: What are they gonna do? I bet you that match doesn't even happen. They Probably just won't not. be on TV. It'll just be Shelton Benjamin looking around at the corners <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, last thing we're going to go into here today is that we had... I shouldn't have ended this way because I got nothing good to say. The uh, Ember Moon fought Charlotte to push Ember Moon. Ember Moon got the most devastating move in the WWE roll-up, and she beat Charlotte. To now look stronger. Then Bailey comes out. Charlotte's standing there. Then Ember does kind of get in the ring and beats up both Bailey and Charlotte a little bit. So she does look a little bit better by the end, but I don't like the whole like let's roll up Charlotte so she gets the win. No. For this 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 segment is just I don't know, like 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 Corey was going on about Kofi picking his uh challenger it's god where what are they doing here you know and that's the problem is when you pick oh i want to pick ember moon i want to fight ember moon i'm cool with that but now you haven't built ember moon to be worth a championship match at SummerSlam. so now you have to have her just do cheap roll-up wins on charlotte
1: to make her look like she's worth something to fight for the championship i i hate how today they're trying to the way they go about trying to create the fighting champion because think about like bret hart Bret Hart was a fighting champion. I'm thinking of his IC title days, even his heavyweight championship days. He was too, but he never picked opponents. It's like the rivalries just kind of came, you know, to him, and he just went along with it. I just wish they would just go back to that. I, it, it really kills the thrill when someone gets to
2: pick who they yeah. fight. Bret Hart constantly, in in a way, he was just always in a feud. He would fu- yeah. defend his title and he'd win and then someone else would come out and roll the next day and beat the crap out of him and it's like you almost felt yeah. sympathy for Bret Hart as a champion because the poor guy never could have a break <laughs> and just go- he couldn't he couldn't gloat with the title ever. Like he just he was a working champion and that concept of a working champion is so far in the past. That like yeah we still have to talk about Bret Hart because that literally was his job he were he went out he didn't do much on the mic let's face it a Bret Hart promo I mean he was good but it was never anything thrilling but he went in the ring he did his job and then he did, you know he defended his title and next week another guy would be ready for him like he never picked anybody everybody picked him and that's what that's how you build a good champion and my problem with with this picking Ember Moon. And this is just me.
1: I, I I don't know anything further than this, but I feel like Amber Moon is like WB's way of trying to satisfy the the smart marks, the 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 fans that are constantly moaning and complaining about who's not getting their opportunity. This is WB's way of solving. It. Oh, well, let's let's give Amber Moon her her opportunity, so these fans will shut up.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. It'd be one thing if they've been building Ember, if she was getting wins against other women this whole time, but she just was getting her switch lapped out of her hand by uh, Mandy Rose and getting magazines thrown at her. And, I mean, she was doing nothing but backstage promos. So it's kind of a a rough feud. I was really nervous that they were going to force-feed Charlotte
1: into it. It seemed like they were heading for a triple threat, but then it's funny because Charlotte. It seems like you know they're kind of you know burying her. You know she's getting rolled up or whatever. But then supposedly now she's going to be put into a dream match situation with Trish Stratus.
0: Yep, Charlotte came out, cut a promo on Bailey and Ember, and then she then Charlotte said, "I'm going to get a better opponent than Ember Moon, and I'm going to be on SummerSlam, and I'm going to do this." So it definitely seems like that's where they're going, especially with it being in Toronto. Yeah. And here's the thing:
1: how does that help Bailey and that women's title? It doesn't. <laughs> so that's the problem I have with some of this this storytelling is like you're going to make Charlotte versus Tristratus more important than that women's title at SummerSlam.
0: Exactly. If you wanted yep. to give Trish Stratus a match then she should have then she should have been fighting Bayley for the women's championship and you let Bayley beat her. And if you want to push you want to push Ember Moon and you want to build her up, you give her a one on one match with Charlotte and you give them an actual feud that's just based on something that's not a title. And you let Ember Moon beat yeah. Charlotte because Charlotte can take the win or the loss at this point. So, I mean, it's like you can switch those matches up and you make your women's title look good. You make Trish look good. You make Bailey look good. You make Ember Moon look good. And look at that. You built you built at least two stars out of that one using a legend correctly and another one using a future legend correctly.
1: How hard was that? We came up with that in what? 20 seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pay us. You know, next week's episode. I feel like I've been very negative this week. So I feel like I've been very negative this week. I think next week I'm going to set a limit of how many negatives I speak in in the next episode. So you guys are going to have to take some of the load on the negativity. (laughs) <laughs> so that's going to be really hard with that money like on the show. Very negative. I don't hey, know. You know, I take a week off and then I come back. So negative. I don't know. I know. I thought you had a good vacation, man. I did. That's the weird <laughs> thing. But apparently the wrestling didn't, didn't go along with it.
0: A hey, raw reunion was rough, but I think that is going to wrap us up as we are already longer than we want to go because we just had a lot of love and a little bit of hate to give this week so we want to thank everybody for coming out we want to join the conversation shoot us an email 123 yes, wrestling at gmail.com and until next time take it easy guys
1: see ya all right see you next time